Oh yeah, we got a good episode this week. Let's get, let's crank it off like this. A little little Russell inside a baby. Uh, come on. A little freestyle set. I've been feeling like fuck whoever. Uh, niggas don't understand my pain. I can't trust you never. This shit made me want to listen to Mosada, baby. Uh, I'm aware because I got to ain't got nothing better. Uh, I remember when that hunger left me. Uh, I remember when it came back, made me something special. All I need is my uncle extras. Uh, and a brand new trap fuck around run for mayor. Shit, I ain't never ever ran from Nathan. Uh, beat him, took a nigga spot, still don't feel complacent. Mass on, walk around faceless. Hold an angle with that chop on the corner, shoot his ass adjacent. Hold on, hold on. This nigga eating, I'm playing all his verse. Let me get back, let me get back, let me get back. I ain't used to this, you hear me? Come on, this shit, cra- I, this shit made me get in my rap bag. Paper bag back to basics. Still a pull up in a jogging suit off the A6. You gonna need a shit and I'll drop you like it's Apex. I can't never spend no time on a fake bitch. Better wear a latex, cause you don't want that latex. Then I think I'm latex from a hoe who ain't shit. Break up damn makeup, give her facelift. I'm trying to fuck her while it's soft, cause I hate quitting. This anime like bar's about to go nuts. Niggas don't understand okay. my pain, I can't trust you never. This shit feeling like an ugly sweater. Huh. I'm aware cause I got to, ain't got nothing better I remember when that hunger left me uh, Remember when it came back, made me something special All I need is my uncle extras uh, And a brand new trap, fuck around, run for mayor no, Still drink water with my nail, hit the bay And make your daughter grab my bricks from out of Dago Ain't no bargain, I don't barter, you can't borrow what I pay for And like Dragon Ball, scuba barter, I get your face broke Nigga, listen, Big Bang Cannon, may I, may I you ain't beat by makes me two attacks to leak your brains out. They always beat me taking off. Wait, 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 wait. I don't know what you're calling like Dragon Ball, bricks from out of Dago. Ain't no bargain, I don't barter. You can't borrow what I pay for. Ain't like Dragon Ball, Scuba Bardock, get your face broke. Scuba Bardock? Big Bang Cannon, may I, may I. You ain't beat by makes me two attacks to leak your brains out. They always beat me taking off the jacket because it stay hot. You know the beat stagnant when I bring them K's out. Uh, get this shit going, somebody gon' drop. Uh, Get this shit going, somebody gon' die. Uh, get this shit going, somebody gon' last. Somebody gon' try to flip the script right in front of your ass. Uh, uh, I'm just about my hustle. I'm here with a Russell. Pull up to the. I'm just about my hustle. I'm here with a Russell. Pull up to the burglar and drop the triple double. Hey. Bitch, I'm in that mode. First one I had, I'm gonna put it on. Can't talk forward. That shit mean a lot to me. Turn them up, you know, turn them up. As good as it look. I'm gonna keep it real with you. I'm straight, though. Sorry, Benny, we playing Clover. On the night I was born, the rain was pouring, God was crying, lightning struck, the sparks was flying, the real ones here, the young boy that walked with lions, around the outlines of chalk, where the corpse is lying, of course I'm trying, to revive a sport that's dying, but the guns in the drug bars that y'all are lying, got these nerves thinking that you niggas hard as iron, but that just mean I ain't as comfortable as y'all with lying, stressing the truth, no I never stress in the booth, they feel the pressure, me I feel like I I just left a masseuse, effortless How I'm skating on these records is proof I put your favorite rapper neck in the noose Never letting them loose Cold world, the heat a blast to your speaker He the last of Mohicans, no weakness last in my sneakers Nigga want me on the song, he gon' see the wrath of the reaper I'm probably gon' go to hell if Jesus asked for a feature I'm higher than niggas, it don't need a bag full of reefer Some see the glass, it's empty, I see a glass full of ether Collecting his bread and mass like he a Catholic preacher Just to count a nigga cash, you might need a calculus teacher hey, wait, 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 wait,
team, man. Wait, wait, turn them up. We want bars. We want bars. .com, bitch. <laughs> Tip, fuck with your boy. Hey, that is my brother's ladies and gentlemen, T.I. And he is the king, bitch. Don't get that shit twisted. And me, I am the best rapper alive, ladies and gentlemen. Hello. This is the Drought 3, and it's been a minute since I've rapped on the Manifest Beat. I guess I go ahead on the show these niggas with the do one of your beats, man. Listen, I like my seat down low, and my windows like they crack. Riding with a bad hoe, with a girlfriend in her back. I like to get real high, and I never look back. And you don't wanna try, man, don't I look strapped? I come from the hardest city, ain't nobody fucking with it. Got a black and gold soul, with a fresh New Orleans fitted, and a collar polo, and a pair of ballet bucks. Young money, motherfucker, know you're real about us. Cash money, motherfucker, see them all I trust. Never had my jaw broken, but it's jaw. I bust and I probably got your girlfriend on my bus. What happens on my bus stays on my bus. And that white widow weed out the jar is a must. If you give me a cigar, then a cigar I bust. Put that white widow weed in the cigar and puff. Look, my, I'm trying to make a porno starring us. Well, not just us, a couple foreign sluts. Yeah, we can make this a menage touring, darling. I be with Jim Jones and we be balling, balling. Yeah, baby, we balling like. And they said that nigga 50 Cent could beat Wayne in a versus. Nigga, stop it. Stop it. Welcome into the. Ooh, that just got me hyped. Welcome must into the Bros Who Think podcast. Gotta be. Gotta be. Welcome into the Bros Who Think podcast. Jazz and I holding it down today. Little Reg got a graduation to go to. One of his homies graduating. But welcome in. This is episode 269. I'm your host, Mr. Lennon Burn, aka Young Boy D Wits, aka the People's Champ, aka Beard Gang. And we got Bonnet Gang in the building. We gotta get you some nicknames, man. We got Jazz, Cornell D. God, Bonnet Gang, you dig? We're gonna get my man Jazz some nicknames. But before I introduce Jazz, we do have a special guest on this show. We probably will have two. Honestly, I just gotta, I, I don't wanna guarantee one of them until I do it. And I'm doing it after the basketball game. So for the sports section of the show, I should be with our guy, network, uh, member of the network, uh, but he's a coach now. So, you know, he comes on when he can. My man, Justin Baptiste, we should be talking about the series and everything going on with the NBA. It just depends on if we can record it or not. But something I do have is this week's special guest. We have comedian Elliot Hamilton, formerly a comedian in New Orleans who moved to New York, now doing his thing, comedian and actor. Super excited for y'all to hear this. I actually went to high school with him. And I think it's always awesome when you see the people you went to high school with doing similar things as you and chasing those dreams. Because normally in high school, you see the people with the jobs, the kids, the life. Like they just, they're already in their life. But when you see the people in, in, in out of uh, your high school class that necessarily didn't go the traditional route, I always love to talk to them. And Elliot's one of them. So I'm super excited about that conversation. But how you doing, Jazz, my brother? It's, it's, a, it's, it's actually been a very good week. A lot of yeah, I can't lie. going around. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's oh, been a lot fun. of tomfoolery. <laughs> it's, it's, it's been fun, man. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, I got to say, the, listening to a lot of the music I've been listening to this week, it's got me back into rap, some lyrical miracle rapping, like some bars. And I fuck with Sada Baby. Have you have you listened to Sada Baby before? Oh, are you a big star? Talk to, to so right, talk to me and tell me what you think about Sada. Because I'm new to it. I'm I'm late to the party. 
Talk. Tell, what you think about Sada Baby? Sada Baby should definitely be bigger than he is. Definitely. Uh, like, like, like when, like, I feel I like mean, that he, song he had. The song he had, I feel like, held him back. The one, the the most famous one, the one, the, the one uh, BF, BFP, the Pac Man, huh? I the, think the so. Free Joe Exotic, Free Joe Exotic one. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, hold on, I'm gonna find it. I'm gonna, I'm because I'm not gonna even play it on the uh, pod because right now this is like YouTube stuff. But yeah. I'm gonna play. Also, it they also they be wild, they be wilding on that. Yeah, no, no, for sure. They definitely do. Like, I'm not trying to get us, because we're not even, mon- we we almost monetize, and then once we get monetized, they're going to just take that shit right back, because we got too much shit with copyright strikes. Hold on, I think it's, I think it's this? I think it's this? No, it's not this. No, wait, hold on, bro. What the fuck is this shit called? Is it slide? Oh, no, whole lot of choppers. Whole lot of choppers. Uh, oh, that's right. Because uh, he had the, because he had the That's where I first heard him. And right, I feel like that song he had the Nicki remix mm-hmm. too. That's right. I feel baby. like that song made niggas like me and older niggas, like niggas who like the Wayne era raps and punchlines and shit. And then the old rap heads, I feel like that threw us off of him with that beat and how he wasn't really flowing on beat at times. Right, which is crazy because that's the song that that blew up on TikTok. So I mean, mm-hmm. again, the power, the power of the power of fifteen second, you know, clips. Yep. But, but like, Sada Baby's been right like he go hard like scoop like i'm I'm pretty sure is it scuba steve too Um, i think that's one uh, it's either i know it's one of them scuba something but i i originally heard him on oh hellcat scuba that shit go hard like i I listened to i listened to barty bounty barter barty air bounty three that's what i listened to the other day yeah that's that album is nuts yeah basada should definitely be bigger bigger than he is like i i feel like how big baby tron is sada baby should be at the same level yes because he go harder than baby tron oh well. oh okay that's 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 too much that's too much you know, like, oh, look if, Sa- if, Sa- if sada's right here baby tron's like right here i only say that because baby tron's like one-liners be crazy <laughs> you're right oh well look i think they should both be over yeet because like yeet is huge and yeet don't be saying nothing and I love you. You know I'm a Yee fan, but you don't be saying nothing. Uh, it's like a vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yee is Yee is one of those people who he's carried by his producers, which mm-hmm. isn't a bad thing because who are you know, getting love now. Drake using them niggas beats now. It's Bink. What's his name? It's some with a B. Uh, Benny Benny ben, X. Benny X. That yeah. Drake fucking with them niggas now. So that that. Bro, I remember, bro. I remember watching Benny X tutorials like five years ago. Really? He's making beats for Drake, and I'm like, mm-hmm. that's 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 amazing. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, you love to see niggas growth, though. That's a fact. So. I'm big on Sada Baby now. Are there any other rappers that's just out really rapping their ass off that I should check out? Because I think I got my old head niggas, but like I'm trying to get like me some young rap niggas and not low because I got my local rap niggas, which let me let y'all know next week, Lango back on the pod, baby. I'm excited for Lango to come back on the pod, talk about his new album, Joy Boy. You know we got to talk to a nigga with an album titled Joy Boy? (laughs) What? Yes, sir. Like, and, and this nigga caught up with the manga? Oh, you know we gotta talk to Lango, so I'm super excited for that. But I know the local niggas, like for example, Gyra album, which we're gonna talk about on BWT Live June the third. Jazz is DJing the event is going down. That album is fucking nuts. I haven't talked about it because I'm trying to wait for our our, our live event. But that album is great. Like the local niggas dropping fire. I'm ready for Caleb Brown's new shit. I'm ready for oh, yeah. when Jose drop again. I'm definitely ready for that shit. So they, I got my local niggas raps, but like who out there? In, in in outside of Louisiana dropping that fire. 
Because currency album with Jermaine Dupri hot too. Dog, I don't even know. I haven't listened. To you've been off. You've been off the I, rap vibe, rap, bro. I've been on the. I've been on. I've been on the R and B wave. Oh, what you got, Buzz? <laughs> then. Well, I guess I guess Neo Soul, but like I've been listening to a lot of Ravina. Oh, okay, okay. Ravina, she's like a kind of like an indie, like an Indian artist. Okay, she go, she go crazy. I'm gonna check that out. So yeah. Ravina, that's jazz suggestion. Okay, Ravina, I'm gonna check because you know I'm an R and B head type nigga. That's my. That's one of my first loves. What's what's that song by Ravina? How you spell it? R I V E E N A E E N A and uh. Yes. What would you say? Oh, it's R A V E E N A. Yeah, yeah, my bad, my bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Would you say one of her her smashes are? I say honey. Honey. Oh, four four point five M's. I see it. I'm checking it out. Like, even if that wasn't the popular song, I still recommend that to people. It just like it got that feeling that hits your ears. Okay, okay, okay. I'm gonna check that out. I know Lil Durk just is about to drop an album. And I know uh young boy drop drop his shit where he diss everybody. Yeah, nigga, young boy diss look, look Drake, I, Yachty. <laughs> look, look, so I'm not really a young boy enthusiast, but some <laughs> of the songs he had on that bitch were bangers. Yeah, they was. I see. Why. I'm gonna wait till <laughs> let, let's wait till next week because I wanted to yeah, Reg yeah. to be on here so I could tell him I like a young boy album. But I'm gonna wait. I know he listened to the pod even anyway, so I, we gonna he he gonna hit us and be like, damn, I miss it. But we gonna wait for you, Reg. We gonna right, talk about right, Young yeah. Boy next week. But just saying that that shit go hard. And I'm not a Young Boy fan. But I was gonna say, uh, Lil Mabu dropped a new song, and niggas really not fucking with Lil Mabu right now. Niggas upset with that's, him. That's the white guy. That's the white guy from New York. Yeah, they upset because they saying because they found out that his parents, uh, you know, had some money. He went to private school, but he he never ran from that. For me, to me. It's okay. not like he's not trying to be 6'9 because he said he went to private school. It's not his fault he got black friends because apparently at the private school, he had a black friend that was from the hood and he would hang out with him in the hood. And that's how, you know, he gets indoctrinated. But I don't think we should blame. It's not he's not pretending to be something he not like he never said he was. I think there's a there's a very blurred post 6'9 to like. Yeah, yeah, especially like, especially like. Well, when, I'll play it, and and you can finish your thought, but I'll play it with people are yeah, upset about. But especially like when you know, I don't really dislike white rappers or anything, but you know, it's like you have to assume mm. with white rappers because you never know if they in here like a Post Malone situation. How Post yeah. Malone came in the game, and now he's like you know disowning rap basically. Mm-hmm. So That's like, what. But see that point right there when we talk about the the, the white rapper beef. That's why I fuck with one of them because he never disowned it. And, and like, he may be corny, but he never disowned it though. He never did. We're going to talk about it though. I don't want to give that away. We're going to talk about that in a little bit, but let me play the little Mabu shit. Uh, this won't be on YouTube, obviously, but uh, for the audio <laughs> listeners, y'all look at this. Sorry, right, we're going to play the little Mabu shit. Who calls people fleas? You know he wants to say niggas. <laughs> Who calls niggas fleas? They gotta. Uh, they gotta. Um. They gotta find different terminology. <laughs> what?
That's a bar. I see I see the I see the appeal of it though. It's like very it's very gimmicky rap. I understand it. See, okay, they didn't like this line. They said this one right here. Yo, so let's talk about yeah, people didn't like that. People didn't like that. People didn't like that. That like people was like, damn, is that a Virgil diss? I don't I don't think it's a Virgil diss, but I don't think think I don't think that was in good taste. Yeah, I I agree. I agree. He didn't need to say it. Bro, I ain't gonna lie. Like that's uh that's being tone deaf as hell because the whole the whole hip hop community loves Virgil. Exactly. And that's that that's my only issue with it, but like I think he go hard and he not lying in his raps. Like he's telling y'all, like, I'm a white dude. I go to school, nigga. Like, uh, uh, but I do think the NYPD thing was hilarious. I do think that was, nah, funny. That was funny. And like, and, and look, Mabu, we gonna it, time gonna tell to your point. Will he become like Post Malone? Or will he, you know, be like Jack Harlow? Will he be like Lil Dicky? Like we see multiple, or will he be like Mac Miller and Eminem who are loyal to the game forever? Like, no matter what we want to say about Eminem, whether we like his music or not. He has upheld the standard for rap since he got into the game. He's been he's paid homage since he's gotten in the game. He still pays homage. He's never talked bad about rap. He's never belittled rap. And he's always said rap was his love. Same thing with Mac Miller. Yep. So and one guy who I I admit, even though he went through a rock phase, he never shit on rap. That's Machine Gun Kelly. And he beefing cool. with Jack Harlow. I, I have to, I have to give him Machine Gun Kelly props. Give him that. That's what I wanted to uh, ask you. Uh, right. <laughs> we gonna listen, right. gonna listen to him. We gonna listen to him. We gonna listen to him. We gonna talk about it. We gonna talk about it. Look, I'm playing it right now because me and Jazz, me and Jazz, been talking about this for like a couple weeks now. And Jazz does not like this nigga shit. And we gonna talk about it right now. Let's play it. I'm, I'm purely just. All right, we're live right in the homie's backyard. He been, he today, doing a freestyle session. in the cipher. He doing a bunch of ciphers. That's why he getting back and rap at his at, in the backyard. Yeah. The one with Cordae might have been a little corny. I'm going to be honest. But I kind of like this one. Yo. Hey, yo. Sit back and watch me do this. Correct all the stupids who tried to put me in the box. I had to solve like Rubik's with no blueprints, just music. Nothing they say about me on computers compares to a dad who was abusive. I go to war with these stars. No George Lucas. That's Make a, a call. And here's Johnny. Keep me shining like I'm Stanley Kubrick. That line went That's over your head That's like the airbender's tattoo is. Next line that goes into my nose might make me overdo it. I spent so much of my personal savings on Colombian pure cocaine. I should speak Spanish like I'm Cali Uchi. That's a bar. <laughs> Shit when I sit, stand, talk, walk, rap, sing, my mouth sewage. Holy shit, someone chew this. The truth is my closest tried to cross me like Judas, but can't cross me like I'm Jewish. That crosshair's a little shaky, they miss me by two inch. I'm cross-legged in my sanctuary like a Buddhist. I'm cross-eyed from the sweet I'm smoking that's colored bluish. This gun is my son, I'm the father of Draco like Lucius. Ugh, make sure there's no confusions. I'm a great white, I can eat these barracudas. See who I am? You're stupid, it's nice to meet you. I just put this hole in the ground. For you like a soccer cliche shoe. I see why they call you Jack Man. You Jack Man's whole swag. Give Drake his flow back, man. Rappers like Pac Man. Must I regurgitate and show? <laughs> see, I knew, I knew, your, I knew your ass was gonna like that. <laughs> Let's go! Let's go! Hell yeah, nigga! I've been thinking that, but I just never said it. But he do sound like Drake. You can't call yourself the best white rapper and not respond to Machine Gun Kells. 
<laughs> you know, it's, I can't he even ain't say responding. Anything. It's too I love, late. <laughs> I love I love white on white crime. To be this is amazing. Hey, and Machine Gun Kelly, whether niggas like to admit it or not, he won that beef with Eminem. I stand on that. That song was better than the Eminem song. The Eminem song was whack. Me personally, I think they both whack. <laughs> I literally, look, I have look, 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 look. how white. How white people be all in black people business? I don't know white people business. I'm like, y'all keep that over there. I'm like, hey, look, I'll spectate. I'll watch. I ain't Hey, but, but I will say, I will say, Jack, he, you know, he lost this one. He didn't respond. I thought that was a bar from Machine Gun. And they can't say because Machine Gun not as big as Jack. Machine Gun just won a Grammy and he's the biggest rock artist in the world. Like, he is. I don't care what people want to say. He is like there's nobody else doing rock at the level that he is. And now he getting back into his rap bag. And he said, you said you're the best white rapper ever since him. Shut your mouth, punk ass nigga. Shut your mouth. I'm the best white rapper. And, you know, even though I don't agree with that machine gun, the best white rapper is in heaven. He's better than even Eminem. Like this, that, that's the best white rapper, Mac Miller of all time. Do you do would you agree with that? Yeah. I'd say because because the thing about it is right. I I can't deny Eminem's technical yeah, I can. skills in rapping, but the thing is, Mac, Mac made Miller better has music, the better discography. Like mm-hmm. it's just it's just a fact. Like mm-hmm. it's literally just a fact. Like, like when you look at Mac Miller's projects, hold on, I'm about to pull them up. I'm about to pull them up. There's like there's so many good projects, bro. Like okay, so let's start from the beginning. Kids, that was early frat rap Mac. Whatever. Mm-hmm. I like back, be- like backpack rap. Like I like best day ever. I did. That was my age where I was in high school. I was like a sophomore. I like best day ever. But I but then Blue Slide Park comes out. That shit is trash. Mac then goes through a phase where he's like, nah, I can't be making this corny white rap. He makes Macadelic, gets with people like Wayne, gets with people like uh Danny Brown, gets with people like I'm pretty uh, sure Kendrick was on that one, right? Cameron, Juicy J, uh Kendrick. Joey Badass, Casey Veggie, Sir Michael Rocks, and really starts tapping into rap music and what it is. You then get uh, Delusional Thomas, which is his uh, his other personality. And then you get, which me, his magnum opus, his arguably his best album in watching movies with the sound off. Bro, watching movies with the sound off is so fucking good. Like, there's not one Eminem album that is close to watching movies with the sound off. Some niggas and some black rappers don't have albums as good as watching movies with the sound off. I think it's just the fact that, I think it's just the fact that, like, Eminem, it's like Eminem tried it with mm -hmm. Rihanna and the whole recovery album. Mm -hmm. It just didn't work. It didn't. The thing about Mac is that, like, I'm saying M didn't study the, you know, what, what, you know, how it all worked, but I think the Mac was musical too. Like, yeah, I think I think it literally just comes down to like innate talent to feel for music. Yep. Because yep. like sometimes not again, not Eminem slander, but sometimes like Eminem's music just feels too rigid. Mac Miller's music feels round. Like mm-hmm. it feels like it comes full circle. It doesn't Bro, feel like Star it's Room. Star Room, G's with Schoolboy Q, Euphoria, whether or not people Euphoria, like that fucking song. <laughs> uh matches with Absol suplexes inside of complexes and duplexes nigga bro i'm not playing no more music because i'm not I'm really not trying to get us but, but that song's nuts red dock music with action bronson is one of the best action bronson mac miller songs ever uh objects in the mirror incredible watching movies and then finishing with sds 
that album is insane. Uh, and I'm going I'm to say this also because Action Bronson got some beef with Jack Harlow as well for saying that, but we're going to get to that. And then you go from watching movies to the sound off to one of the best mixtapes ever in Faces? Rap Diablo? Bro, what? Like, Faces is nuts. Faces and then, crazy. Like, Faces is insane. And then you go Good AM, Divine, Divine Feminine, Swimming, and then Ending with Circles? Bro, that dude is insane, bro. That, the streak from Deluge, from Macadelic all the way to Circles, he didn't miss. He did not miss. And that is insane. Like, Mac Miller is too good. Like, he just is. Also, I like how they did his post. Uh, his post human. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that circles. That yeah, that circles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, I like how they did that. I can't that listen to it. I'm gonna be honest. I just can't. I listened to it. I listened to it like on the album release, and I listened to it maybe for like a week or two. But then I was like, man, this shit is really making me depressed. Yeah, I yes, can't I can't to listen this. to it. I can't. And then <laughs> another white rapper that I think doesn't get the credit he deserves, and I just said it. He was on the song Red Dog Music with Mac. Is Action Bronson. Bronson to me is better than all these niggas as well. Bronson been in the game for so long, and I don't understand why people don't give him his flowers when you talk about white rappers. Really, he top he top three. He is. It's 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 M Mac and Action Bronson. However you want to place them. That's facts, and they're all interchangeable. To be honest, exactly, exactly. And me personally, I go Mac Action M, but that's just me personally because I just don't listen to Eminem music. I listen to Action Bronson to this day, (laughs) like. I still do. I think Action Bronson thing is people say he sounds too much like Ghostface Killer in the sense of how he raps. But oh. to me, but I mean, I mean, I ain't gonna, I don't want to say that, but it's like if, if you look at most New York rappers, they, 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 they all saw something like, like, yeah, I don't have no, hey, look, I don't have no beef with New York. New York, New York people, <laughs> it's literally, to, it's like, literally like a tree. There's the, the rappers who sound like Jay Z, the rappers who sound like Nas. The rappers who sound like Ghostface and everybody falls under that. And then like there's Cameron and Dipset, who's like a mixture of the South and Jay-Z, <laughs> essentially. Right. Like they, they all uh, and I know people say Jadakiss and, and the locks and they 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 fall under that Jay-Z Nas thing of, of right. doing drug dealer rap. And like there's nothing wrong with it. But to your point, like I don't think that's fair to Action Bronson when we don't say that to the other people. Like y'all sound like him, but we don't give y'all that pro. Like Joey Badass sounds like Jay Z. We don't give him. We don't give jo- Joey Badass no flack. We don't. Like he 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 does. So, but to me, Action Bronson, Mister Wonderful, Blue Chips Two, Red Chandeliers, uh, Blue Chips Seven Thousand, bro, that shit is incredible. Like <laughs> I love that shit. So, but yeah, Jack Harlow, you're not better than M Three, and I'm sorry. As of now, MGK got you. <laughs> Jack, Harlow, Jack Harlow got the, the Drake cosign and started going crazy. Crazy, yeah. But the thing is, Jack Harlow got better albums than MGK. I don't think MGK got a better rap album than Jack Harlow, which is nuts. <laughs> I don't know. That first Jack... Well, I mean, I don't know. I've never really listened to an MGK. That's what I'm saying. There's no like, real... like. But I haven't listened to a Jack Harlow album the whole way through. Hey, either. the second Jack Harlow album is good. I've listened to a couple tracks. It's not the new one. The new one, the one where he said, I'm not going to make that pop shit with the album with Drake. I'm going to make some real rap shit. And I'm going to be honest in the first song, Jack called out suburban white kids. I fucked with it. I fucked with it. Damn. What's suburban white kids doing? Wait, hold on. Watch. You didn't hear this. Wait, I'm going to play it. He he legitimately said, y'all need to stop being fake gangster and being racist and all kinds. He called him out real shit. I got respect for Jack Harlow after that. Hold on. Hold on, I'm gonna play. Is the new uh, is the new album 
the first song of the new album. Uh, let's oh, see. see, I didn't, I didn't listen top down. I just listened to songs my friends recommended. Oh, me. okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the, it's the, uh, what's it called? What's this new album called? Um, is it called? Know. They all. That's what they all say. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I think that's what they call. It. Yeah, I think that's what it is. All right, hold on. I think it's the first song. Is what's the first song on this shit? Is it Rendezvous? That's what they all say. Let's see. Studio album Jack Harlow. The first song is. Oh no, this this was released. This old, huh? I don't think this is the first one. I don't think this is new. Actually, no? yeah, this was in twenty twenty. Hold on. Hold on. Jack Harlow new album, twenty twenty three. I completely forgot what it was. Oh, it's called Jackman. Oh, that's why MGK said they call you Jack. Okay. Okay. <laughs> we're oh, we're kind of silly. How, <laughs> how I just leave the white people to their business. <laughs> I ain't even know the name of the album. A, as a commentator, I'm ashamed. But as a black person, I am not. <laughs> All right, here we go. New Jack Harlow, right here. Ambitious 14 year old Gray's going down as I'm stacking up zeros, but not the De Niro. Peach fuzz coming in, cool kid, but my hair cut like I'm a weirdo. Peyton Siva Montrez Harrell, scuffed up kicks, old navy, my apparel, and I'm coming in my girl. Like Wait, I'm no, this not it. I think it's this one. My bad. It's common ground. Filled with a here we go. Trap sonics, frap oh, yeah, you hear it. You hear it. You hear it. There we go. Hold on. Let's run it back. Yeah, here we go. That's how you start. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Dak said these white kids doing too much. You don't fuck with it. It's just shit I see. Suburbs filled with abonics and trap sonics. Frat boys saying no cap, put racks on it. The dialect got a little splashes and black on it. Cap and gowns bought by the money in dad's pockets. White girls squatting, trying to get that ass popping. Caught back talking to their mom and dad's often. Reciting rap lyrics by murder and cash profit. Get to feel like a thug, but don't have to act on it. Local homicide rates got them astonished. Reading about it on a laptop in pajamas. Microsoft office to complete their assignments. Never seen a hood, still can't help but have comments. Never had a Combo with a kid from that climate that really has trauma that really got taught to survive by any means fuck bitches stack commas common ground ain't that common The festivals are filled with Larry Bird jerseys. College students in a hurry to jump to a four count and say the N word. Business interns taking Molly and perks, trampling on top of bodies and dirt. Condescending suburban kids growing up to be rap journalists, writing urban myths about who they think is the best urban kid and who the worst is and who's authentic and what the real hip hop is and who's all in it. Thrift shopping for articles and garments and feel like they came from a foreign environment. Secondhand vape supreme and gallery department. Anything to feel less harmless. Adderall dealers carrying around guns just to make it feel realer. House with white pillars, no rough, just diamonds. The education private, it's all by designing. Common ground. Oh, it just ended up, but that shit go hard, huh? And then he, when then, when then he said, that's a little spilled with Larry Bird. Her jersey. Jersey. I was just crying. That is not, that he is just, not a lie. <laughs> hey, look, he'll tell you a joke, but he'll never tell you a, a lie. lie. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, look, I think that's enough. We, we spent enough time talking about white rap and, you know, for a little bit. We dived in, you know, a little music talk to open up yep. the show. I want to start off saying also Jamie Foxx is okay. His daughter, 
came out and said these blogs are doing too much. And when we found out who owned these blogs, it's just a bunch of white people. So I'm glad Jack Harlow said that in his thing. All these white people own rap and rap life and nigga, y'all telling us this shit? No, nigga. Wording, wording is so important because the way that they worded it the first time made it seem like this man had look, was on death's door, bro. Time. Yeah. Like, you can't do that to the black community with Jamie Foxx. They was doing that for clicks and that's fucking disgusting. They said that nigga was outside playing pickleball. <laughs> Hey. Jamie Foxx, Jamie Foxx is blowing up like, bro, what is going on? <laughs> I'm just out here trying to play a little pickleball. <laughs> like, <what? laughs> also, got to say shout out to uh, the uh, uh, podcast host of the Manga Melee podcast, our guy, Jay. He said he told me the truth about RFK. And I got to say, RFK Jr. sucks. He's an anti-vaccinist. This nigga got some racist tint. Like, it was too good to be true, Jazz. We, I we, told you. We, <laughs> I told you. I, we, me and Reg told you. <laughs> it's just, it's not, see, I didn't even need the evidence. I just had a gut feeling. I know it's good. I'm glad I'm, I can come in this week and say I jumped off the window too soon. RFK too anti-vax. He got some some weird things about black people like he, he, he just he just wild and apparently he using this campaign to cause chaos for the democrats because he's really a republican <laughs> that sounds about right that so about right. so you and ranch were right i my apologies <laughs> we're not supporting rfk over on the bros who think podcast sorry everybody <laughs> <laughs> look that's the thing when you're wrong you come in and say you was wrong i just i gotta do it uh next thing marjorie taylor green did you see what she said today about how she said basically saying that uh, if you call someone a white supremacist, that's like calling a black person the N-word. Oh, I did see that. What a dumb bitch. <laughs> what a dumb oh, bitch. Why, why, did they, why did they keep letting her talk? I don't know. I don't know, bro. And she said she felt threatened by one of the uh, representatives who was black because uh, he was being aggressive with her and called her white supremacist. And you see the video. The man stays in the spot, doesn't move his arms, doesn't really get loud. It's just like, you're being racist right now. You're being a white supremacist. And that, and the representative said that without saying that. He was like, I wasn't being aggressive, but this is the typical stereotype that black people get. Hold on, I can find it. Let me, let me uh find what he said. Because I think he said it's crazy. It's crazy shit. they still be, it's crazy they still be trying to pull that shit that like got black people like lynched all the, all those. Bro, like, yes. Like, but then it's like, bro, we got video. We got photos. We got evidence. And the crazy thing is, sometimes the evidence not even enough, which is sad, bro. Is that shit wild. is sad. Like, I hate that shit. Like, it's like, we should be over this. Like, but we're not. I don't even know how to spell this, this bitch's name. <laughs> I really don't. <laughs> I think it's like, uh, let's, I think I spelled it wrong, but it's what I'm going to Google it. Because it, I don't think it's spelled like Marjorie is supposed to be spelled. I think she spell it, spell it all. Yeah, she do spell it weird. She spell it like a black person. So why does she, why does she hate black people? She got a weird spelling name of Marjorie. <laughs> that should look like from inside the house. Mm, mm. Mm. <laughs> you, <laughs> came from her people. You right? right? <laughs> what's, what's that representative? Oh, Representative Bowman. All right, so I'm gonna play a little bit of what she said so we can hear it, and then we'll play what Representative Bowman said. The fact that she said white supremacy is fucking, is the new N-word is nuts to me. Let's listen. I had to have so much security. There was not enough. I was swarmed. It's all on video. Everyone can see this. But I will tell you what's on video is Jamal Bowman shouting at the top of his lungs, 
cursing, calling me a horrible, calling me a white supremacist, which I take great offense to, that is like calling a person of color the N-word, which should never happen. Calling me a white supremacist is equal to that, and that is wrong. Jamal Bowman was down there cursing at me, telling me to get the F out of there, and he was leading the mob right outside the vehicle I was sitting in. We have this all on video. And then at, on the Capitol steps yesterday, he was the one that approached me. Even CNN reported that. Yelling shit. Shut up, bitch. <laughs> the Rock. You know what The Rock me with? Shut up, bitch. Like, she lying. So let's see what the brother got to say. Because I watched the video. He was not aggressive with it. Like you said, is the continued stereotype that got black people killed. And she's using it. In her press conference this morning, said something incredibly dangerous and incredibly reckless about me talking about my demeanor as being aggressive and saying that she feels intimidated by me. Unfortunately, this country has a history of characterizing black men who are outspoken, who stand their ground and who push back as being threatening or intimidating. So she's not even using a dog whistle. She's using a bullhorn to put a target on my back to the people that she refers to as MAGA people out there who might want to cause harm. This is the same reason why Mike Brown was killed. This is one of the reasons why Emmett Till was killed. And throughout history, black men have continued to be characterized as aggressive because one, because of our skin color, but two, because we happen to be outspoken and passionate about certain issues. Beautiful, beautiful speech by that brother, man. He's right. He's right, bro. She's that that's wrong. That's horrible. And like, it's time for because I know some white Republicans. There's no way y'all support Marjorie Taylor Greene. Like, I don't think all white Republicans are MAGA Republicans. I don't. And it's but it's time that y'all say some of this shit is just wrong, bro. Some of this shit is just wrong. Cause I'm like, cause the thing about it is like the, the real white Republicans do bad shit, but they do it behind, they do it behind the stupid ones. Mm -hmm. So that way you, that way it's like all the, all the brunt of like everybody's, we like don't see the real shit. Mm -hmm. So it's like, yeah. Cause like really most conservatives are don't like, agree with that dumb shit. Right. <laughs> they, they trying to get their paper up illegal ways. <laughs> Allegedly. Very, very <laughs> with super packs and, and all that and all that good stuff <laughs> or like brett Favre allegedly stealing from welfare mm. Mm. we had the whole mississippi government the true the true ppp loans i <laughs> know you're right you're right they, look they put it on the black people but that was the real scam the ppp loan scandal that's a fact uh but speaking of a brother who's going through it right now and and me and jazz talked about this in the chat in our personal chat, and I didn't know how I wanted to approach this, whether it was approaching it from the angle of this guy's incredibly wrong, approaching this understanding, appro but the John Morant situation is so interesting, fucked up, and just, it, there's so many different layers to this, man, because John Morant posing with a gun in his life, is that illegal? No. Is he doing something wrong? Technically, no. But could this be harmful projecting to the youth, projecting gangster culture? Yeah, it probably could be. It, it, could this be something that leads to John Morant doing something he'll regret? Probably, it, it could. Uh, will this cause John Morant to lose money? 100%. But is he a bad guy because of this? I can't say that when we see Carson Wentz nah. posing with guns. We see NFL players posing with guns. We see uh, literally the Tennessee governor, whoever it was in Tennessee, uh, a representative 
posing with AK-47 with his kids. Meanwhile, a week later or a week before, there's a, a massacre in his town and, and they don't say anything about guns. So this country has a fucked up view of guns right now. But when a black man does it, it's like, oh, no, the world's ending. I think I think it's the fact that, you know, when 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 black people go into any establishment, whether that be the NBA, your regular nine to five job or, you know, you just doing whatever you're automatically viewed as as a threat, as less, mm -hmm. as less than. So they're wanting, they want a reason to, to, to fire. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. And in the back. So I see it from both sides because I think me personally, I think John Morant should be smarter than this, mm -hmm. but I agree at the same time, at the same time, the way that he acts fits the media's narrative. So really the media doesn't really have to do anything. So, but my only problem with this is right. People talk about, Oh, like you, we should have the right to exercise our Second Amendment rights, blah, 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 blah. But then people get mad at John Morant for being on live with a gun. It's like, you know, me personally, it's not, it's not what I would want a bunch of because most of John Morant's fans are like kids. Young black you kids. Yeah. So I mean, they already they're already filled with a lot of that because of labels and rappers, and we can get into that a whole nother day. Mm, yeah, we could do that. We could talk about that next week, honestly, with right. the Young Boy album. But the but but the thing about but the thing about the NBA is like I understand because it's like they're represent they're representatives of this organization mm -hmm. not only that but they have brand deals with organizations big companies that, yeah like are closely tied to the NBA so realistically John Morant having a gun I don't care about that it's yeah, just either. the way it was he's presented. Going Cause like they they'll say and everything involved uh, everything involved with it too leading up about him beating up that kid beating up the shoe mm -hmm. store person going to a volleyball game to fight shining red dots at opposing teams buses when they're leaving like you should have punished him for that I don't think the punishment I don't think the, should, I don't think yeah. the thing is like cause, the cause, issue mm -hmm. yeah I, I really and then hearing and then to me it's like I feel both sides like you said because. I, I agree with you. I don't think he should be doing it, but it makes me upset when I hear black media people like Michael Wilbon saying, oh, we don't want that trash in our house in terms of buying John Moran's shoe because that's trash. What are you doing? Like, what are you saying right now? That's horrible. And then for uh, Charles Barkley to be like, oh, yeah, um, uh, basically calling J.J. Reddick out because J.J. Reddick said we're vilifying a 23-year-old. It's like, no, we are vilifying a 23-year-old. You sound like a, you're sounding kind of coonish right now. And like it's the way that some of these black media people has been saying it that makes me want to be like defend John Morant, even though he's in the wrong. It's like y'all are going too far to say you won't buy this man's shoes and say it's trash and say he's trash. That's wrong to me. He's a 23-year-old kid. And like I knew when he was on live in the strip club, y'all interviewing him and making him talk. I knew that was a lie because he didn't think nothing wrong because he was in a strip club doing what 23-year-olds do. But to your right. point, Jazz, it's like you got to make smarter decisions because of the money you have and the lives you're changing and don't want to affect that and don't want to honestly lose your life or get in a situation right. that you don't want to be in messing with guys who are in a life that's not the best choices. Right. And I'm not saying like, I'm not saying John Morant should do everything the NBA requires of him. Of course, he should be able to have his own life. My only thing mm -hmm. is that like, okay, so the strip club thing, 
that was out of his control. There were cameras there. But yeah. like for like the live instances and stuff like that, you can control that. Your like, friend shouldn't have had you on live. That's, that's what true. it was. And your friend but, might friend, be using you tried, for clout. Yeah. The friend tried to save him, but I mean, it, yeah, was, it was too like, late. You shouldn't have had him on live in the jump. Like, that's the thing. Maybe have people around you who are looking out for your best interest. Maybe this guy's not doing that. Because every time there's an issue, this guy is representing you, and he's always in the wrong. For example, I didn't know this. He got banned from Memphis's stadium for trying to fight an NBA player on the court. Why is this guy at the games? He's representing you. Like, at, at some point, you got to make the tough decisions of getting away the toxic people at your life. Right. Also, also, this is like, this is so stupid because like, literally, literally, literally just at the all-star game, they had Carl Malone. And, exactly. And, and, a pedophile. And, 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 a fucking and pedophile. Like, and they're like, and they're like, oh, they're like, oh, but we're not vilifying John Morant. Well, you're definitely not vilifying the person you need to be. And you don't want to talk about it either. You want to gloss over it and you, and you want to pick and choose which fits the narrative of white media. That's the problem with it in, in, in itself as well. It's like, okay, you don't want to talk about Kyle Malone being a pedophile, but oh, we know John Morant gets clicks because of the gun issue. We know there's liberals who don't like guns and we know there's conservatives that like guns, but don't like black people with guns. So this is going to get us clicks. And it's like, that's not why you should be talking about this. You should be trying to help this brother instead of vilifying it. Right. But And that's the issue. Yeah, but really, really, at the end of the day, I, unless like, unless okay, like really, unless Ja like starts to move smarter, there's really nothing we could do because exactly. like re- realistically, right? Is his, his choice? Agent, yeah. His agent, his PR team should have been like, "Yo, cut that out. If you're going to do it, do it with no cameras around, mm-hmm. or like you know, do it in the in the privacy of, of your home." And, yeah. and it's like you know, I understand. Like you're 23, you're making. All that money, you feel like nobody could tell you things, but at mm-hmm. the end, but at the end of the day, I, I, you know, and I hope all people hear this message. No matter how much money you make, you still black. You still, you still a nigga. Yeah, you that's a, a fucking fact. Yeah, you that is a, that is a fact, Jazz. And I think this was the most nuanced way to discuss this. This is the most nuanced way I've heard it. So, John Moran, I'm gonna post this on Twitter. If you listening, brother, we just want the best for you. Real nigga shit. We might make jokes about Jaw Wick and all that shit because we're human and we like memes. But at the end of the day, we don't want you to lose what you work so hard for based upon what these white people stereotypes are. Like, exactly. Try be yourself. Don't be afraid of it. But don't lose yourself, lose your money, affect your family or potentially lose your life behind some dumb shit. Because at the end of the day, that gang culture shit is dumb shit. Also, and, no reason. Look, and maybe this is just my maybe this is just my opinion, right? I don't mean anything bad by it, but I thought there's no reason to go after a gangster persona if you're in the NBA. Exactly. You already, like you already made. You already I mean, made it. And like, the real people who are gangsters don't want to be gangsters. Right. And it's like rappers. Some rappers like stay in that gangster life because realistically, music doesn't make that much money unless mm-hmm. you're like a top charting artist. Even but Young see, Thug was still in that. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? But look at the real ones. They go invest that money and get out. They try to they try to do something else. That's the that's the situation that it is. So uh, but next thing we got, did you see 
Martha Stewart, 81 year old on the cover of Sports Illustrated, the swimsuit edition. That old woman had her bikini on, boy. Did you see it? If you didn't, I'm gonna pull it up. <laughs> you better tell me the truth. <laughs> I did. I can't lie. It hit, it hit my timeline. Like, right? like, I was like, bro, what is wrong? Like, I was like, man, like, I might tweet some, like, some vile stuff. Y'all are, y'all are out niggas, of pocket. Niggas want to bang that old lady, boy. <laughs> Look, I understand it's out of line. I understand. Like, I can at least see where they're coming from. You know, I can't. I can't co-sign it. No, me neither. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It, but, but hey, I gotta give Martha credit. She looked better than Elon Musk, Mama. Elon Musk, Mama looked crusty. You saw her? She on the yeah. cover too. Hey, them South Africans cursing her. Right hold now. on. Did you see it? If you didn't, I'm pulling it up right now too. Hold oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, hold on. Elon Musk, mama. <laughs> we definitely pulling this up. She looks horrible. <laughs> yeah, like I don't know what she. Oh, wait, Jazz said the South African women cursing her. That's why she looks bad. Where? <laughs> they said, said you're going to take our Emerald Mind. <laughs> that's, why, that's why Elon Musk looked like he built like Eggman. Yeah, he do. <laughs> he do. Where's this lady? What What is her name, boy? Why is the Sports Illustrated? Hold on. Elon Musk mom, S-I. I gotta find this. Because this shit is nuts. Oh, oh, here we go. Here we go. Like, look at this lady, bro. Hold on. Hold on. Here we go. She she looked crusty. Look up like wrinkles. They put all kind of makeup on to to hide that spoiled milk. That milk is spoiled. <laughs> this is the most this is the most edited picture I've seen. <laughs> I would try to click around for others, but I don't want to get on Twitter and click around and have YouTube seeing some crazy shit. Yeah, because <laughs> they got niggas on. Guidelines, guidelines might be like, hold on, player. <laughs> oh shit! But shout out to Martha, man. Martha, Martha rock with black culture. Black culture rock with Martha. But Elon Musk, <laughs> you and your mama look crazy. <laughs> see, see what happened when you non problematic. Keep doing you, Martha. We love you. <laughs> oh shit. That's pretty much everything this week. Uh, Jazz, we're going to get Jazz's social medias, then we'll get into the interview with Elliot Hamilton before we finish up the pod. Jazz, tell the people they can follow you at on social media. You can follow me on Twitter, Real Jazzy Boy. You can follow me on Instagram, Jazzy Boy. You can follow me on TikTok, Cornell D. Period God. Y'all make sure y'all go follow my brother Jazz. You can follow me everywhere at LinBWT. Follow Bros Who Think at Bros Who Think. But with that being said, let's get into... The interview with comedian Elliot Hamilton right now on Bros Who Think Podcast. Hey, Bros Who Think community. I'm excited about this. I always love when I can bring on people that I knew in my life before I was a podcaster and did all of this media stuff. And now I also love seeing people from my school trying to shoot from the stars. Like there's a group of us, myself included. There's a, we've had Savannah DeZormo on the pod. There's a bunch of others who are shooting for the stars, chasing their dream, whether that's entertainment, whether that's comedy, whether that's acting, whether that's media. And this is one of them. He was in a grade below me. I was probably closer to him than I was Savannah. We, we, uh, we had similar friends, went to all the same parties. We got comedian. Elliot Hamilton on the show. Elliot, how you doing, man? Like we said before, it's been like 10 years. I know, I don't know, but you got kind of got me hyped up. <laughs> I'm excited, man. Like this, like, like I said, I always love seeing people from our high school chasing their dreams. And when, like, I remember when you were just doing local comedy shows in like Baton Rouge and Lafayette, you then went to New Orleans and then you 
bet on yourself. I was like, fuck this. I'm going to New York. And I'm if I'm going to do this, I'm going to go where comedy is and, and needs to be. What I want to start by the first question is, how hard was that decision? And like, how did you feel support from the people in your life for that decision? Because that's a big one. Like, when you tell people you want to do what we are aspiring to do, either your your people will support you or they don't. Like, it's, it's one or two ways, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, and especially since we went to the high school we did, people expect us to be lawyer, doctor, this, that, oh that, that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I hate going on Instagram and seeing, uh, like... <laughs> All the people we went to school with, like graduating from like that grad program, kids, fucking families. Like, meanwhile, me and you're doing comedy shows. I have a radio show. Like, we're doing completely opposite things to those people. But I love that. So, talk to me. uh, Before we get to your journey, talk to me because I think I always like to ask people that I bring on my show. It's it's about betting on yourself if you want to chase your dream. What made you decide that moment was like, fuck this, I'm gonna bet on myself and move to New York. Sure. I think it was, I was definitely during the pandemic and, uh, you know, like I never really had never been to New York in my like entire life. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was just bored and I didn't have a job and uh, I had a friend in New York and I visited. And then when I got here, like, I guess like, you know, I knew it was like a place that had a lot of show business and all that, but I, for some reason, I had some preconceived notion about it uh, that it, that it, like I don't know that it was just <laughs> like e- like like just like a place you go to do comedy like so like that. Wait, no no like that it just sucked and the people sucked oh. and like why would I ever go there like got you got you got you got you I I see what you're saying that preconceived notion yeah like of that of the southern guy like why the yeah. fuck do I need to go to New York. So then I visited during the pandemic and uh, I got here and I realized this place is awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, I, like I realized the amount of opportunity that's here that you can just access just by being close to it. Yep. That's something I didn't realize when I was in New Orleans. You know, like you figure like you're in New Orleans and like I could do all of the showbiz stuff. stuff that I want in New Orleans. And the truth is that I, you, you can't. can't. Yeah. And that, bro, funny and you really, say that. Oh, go go ahead. Yeah, I just realized all you had to do is move yourself close to it. Mm-hmm. And with comedy, it's like this is the place for comedy. There's that's no- the hub. Yeah, that's yeah. the the birthplace. Like for me, to that point, like I'm in Lafayette right now just because I'm gaining experience and I was able to get a radio show. But to your point, if I didn't get this, I was gonna move because I you need to be where you can do it. And me visiting LA showed me like, man, it would be so much easier living in a place like that because. Yeah. Of like you said, the opportunities are just endless, but and the internet has made it you know easier for you to connect from these places. But it's a lot easier if you have the internet and in the place where everything is going down at. Yeah, well, and also there's all all the best comedians are here, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so it's like just being close to great comedy it inspires you. Me, it yeah, inspires me, gets me pumped up. Hell so anyway, yeah. once I realized that the decision was easy. Mm-hmm. I was just like, I'm going all, I'm going bigger, going home. I'm not going to Austin, not going to LA is cool, but uh, I feel like LA for co- comedians, it's like once you make it, that's when you go to LA. You know what I'm saying? Like once yeah. you gain like a, a a good enough following, that's when you go to LA. But it's interesting you say Austin because Rogan has kind of made Austin this comedy hub. 
Yeah, it, it he has, but I was skeptical of that. Like, yeah, for sure. It's like one of those people who has like a, you know, I, I like the classic things, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, New York sure. is a classic show business place. I don't want that new show business. Shit. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm that Texas <laughs> barbecue comedy bullshit. No, I, but I have friends who move there and they're having a great time. So, but. I feel it. I was like, no, fuck that. I'm going to the show business place. I'm going to the OG. Like, I'm going where Seinfeld and Chappelle got their wings. You know what I'm saying? I'm going where it sucks. Yeah. (laughs) Because it'll build you. So let's let's start from the beginning. What made you want to be a comedian? When did you make that decision? Because I want to get to the era where you made skits. Because I I thought your, your morning show skit was like one of the, like, was genius. I love that when you were doing I those skits on that. YouTube. Yeah, no. that. <laughs> I, yeah, man. Like that was when when I saw that skit, I was like, okay, Elliot's funny and he can make it. Like that's when I thought I was like, okay, he can make it. He just has to grind because that shit was good. Before you get to there, when did you decide, okay, I want to do comedy and just talk to me about what got you into comedy? All right. Well, what got me into comedy? Um it took me a long time to realize like stand up was even really a thing because like mm-hmm. I didn't have HBO as a kid and you know before Netflix you just catch a random special on like Comedy Central. Okay. Um, and uh, the first comedian I saw who I uh, really liked was Louis C.K., which is like not so <laughs> cool now. <laughs> hey, I get look. I'm gonna be honest. I I like Louis C.K. too. We all did. No, he was the best. Was- that I thought he was jerking off on people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't know he was jerking off on people, but I was just like 18 and I saw mm-hmm. a Louis C.K. special and I just realized I'm like, I'm so entertained by this. Just mm-hmm. one guy just talking. Like, this is the best thing. I'm like, this is better than watching a movie. This is better than going to see a baseball game or whatever. And so I, you know, I, once I saw Louis, I was like, oh, this is like the coolest. And then I got more into it. And then, uh, when I was in college, when I got Netflix, I think that's when I really uh, deep dove or deep dive. Took a deep dive, yeah. Because like when Netflix came out, they had great comedy specials that they didn't have. Like they didn't have Netflix originals yet. So I saw mm-hmm. like uh, Elephant in the Room was on Netflix. Yeah. Patrice O'Neill, that was my favorite thing. Oh ever. my goodness, I'm so happy you know Patrice O'Neill. Patrice O'Neill. When people ask me who your favorite comedian is, of course I go to the Bill Burrs, the like Cat Williams. Bernie Mac and like fucking you know Chappelle and Louis C.K. and but really the when I really deep dove into comedy, Patrice O'Neill is probably the funniest comedian I think to date. Like, and and other comedians say that he's your yeah. comedian's favorite comedian. He doesn't have like the amount of material everyone else has because like that special was like came out the year he died and it yeah. was like that was probably like the peak of Patrice mm-hmm. O'Neill. But I think that special is so good that it. It just trumps everything. For sure. The way he comes out and he just uh, starts talking to the audience, like he, mm-hmm. he he starts talking to the audience just off the cuff. And then somehow he does like an hour of his material, but it's just mixed in. You don't even know that he's starting the material. Yeah, he's just, <laughs> he's just chatting. And see, that's, I feel like Chappelle tapped into that Patrice O'Neill stuff in his later part of his career. Because now Chappelle just goes out, lights a cigarette, and like you said, just talks about shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't even know his material. He just mm-hmm. came out and he started talking about this fucking lady in the front row who had like <laughs> nice titties. Yeah. And you think he's just like not gonna get into anything. You think he's honestly just distracted, but really he's getting into his material. Mm-hmm. That's his way he does it. 
So, I lost my mind when I watched that special. So you watch Patrice O'Neal, you have Louis C.K., you're in college, you're realizing, okay, stand-up's a thing. When do you do your first stand-up show? Because I know you remember it, and, and how was it? Okay, yeah. So I had no idea how you actually got into stand-up, though. That's the big problem. No one tells you. Yeah, you just got to figure it out. <laughs> I was just like, oh, I guess they just pick people to put a special up, mm-hmm. and they just have an hour of shit to talk about, like, you, you know? But yeah. um, there was uh, an open mic near my house at this bar called Carrollton Station in New Orleans. And, you know, I stumbled into it, and I realized, I was like, oh, shit, this is how you start you being a comedian. Yeah. Like, I realized there's, like, 40 people on the list. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, my, these people all want to be comedians. Oh, shit. Like, And, yeah, it took me about, like, two years after seeing that they yeah. had an open mic to actually go to it. Hey, but you did it. You took that chance. Now It took, like, two years. <laughs> Did now was that in 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 that two year span? Is that when you started making those skits, or did the skit come out after the first special after the first show? No, no, the skits were from. Uh, that was about a year after I started doing stand up. I made okay. the skits. And okay, was, well let's let's wait yeah. to get to that. Okay, so you, you you so you do two years after you walk you stumble into the first stand up show, you do one. Did do you write material? Talk to me about like the first show. Did you bomb like everybody says you bomb for your first show? And how Look, was it? Uh, I did write material. You know, okay. I wrote like I wrote like a script. You write like this is what you do when you don't really know how stand up works yet. Mm-hmm. You write a, just a script for yourself, and you're like, mm-hmm. this is gonna be hilarious, and you're just gonna recite it exactly. That's mm-hmm. what I did. Some mm-hmm. people just get drunk and go like, ah, <laughs> but I, you know, I'm like immediately like I'm a genius. I'm gonna nail this shit. Yeah, write this shit down. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure it was horrible, but. I think you need to be a little delusional when you first go in. Like I was so excited that I did it that I thought it was awesome in my head. Maybe two people laughed the whole time. <laughs> like see, that was it, man. That's I awesome. Like, I see. I love hearing that shit because I remember my first podcast I thought was the shit. If I go and listen, I, I listened to it like a couple of months ago. It was horrible. I would never podcast like that yeah. now. Like, but it, it's amazing that hearing that from you because it shows that like, you know where your growth was. How did it feel? Because I remember the first time I held a microphone. It changed my life. Like, how did it feel when you got that microphone and you're on stage? A different type of rush than being drunk, stoned, whatever. It's the perfect high. It is because, like, for for me, when I'm in on the radio station or in front of the mic, it's like I'm doing my passion. I know that has to feel similar for you. Oh, it's perfect. When it goes well, it's there's nothing better when it goes mm-hmm. well. But, like, when you first start... I don't know if, if you feel this way, but like I remember the first few shows I did, I'd get to the microphone and you just kind of look at that microphone and it's quiet. You know, people clap, hell yeah, and they clap. And then there's that moment of quiet. And then you go like, oh, like I have to be the one to yeah, provide just- the entertainment here. Like I don't I wasn't ready for this. <laughs> no, for sure. Like jumping off a cliff, you're like, I don't know. <laughs> I guess I gotta do it. So, I guess I gotta be funny now. I yeah. So you do your first show. Talk to me about get me get me from the first show to the uh to the sketch show. Okay. Well, this is a long. It was only a year, but it, there's so much that it felt like so much happened at least. So I did the first show, and then I'm like, okay, this is the shit. I come back a week later for the next open mic at the same bar, and it's horrible. It was so disgusting and horrible that I didn't do it again for like three months <laughs> but uh 
to get to the sketch though, I was doing comedy for about a year and, you know, I settled into it. I started making friends and getting better to where I could feel like I could actually write jokes and like hold my own for five minutes. Cause that's what you do when mm-hmm. you start. And then the pandemic hit and, uh, I got laid off from my job and there's and no shows to do. There's no shows. Yeah. There's no acting. I do, you know, I was auditioning for stuff. Mm-hmm. And I just was really depressed. <laughs> That's all that was. And you, and you needed something to do. And I was I, like, I better, uh, I better do something that be creative because I'm gonna go insane. And look, I think it, I think it worked because I think the response you got was very positive from people. It was, and it still surprises me because um, I don't know, like I. I it's it's just one of those things. Like I just made some silly sketch in my room, and mm-hmm. I thought I kind of thought it was bad, you know, just because I didn't, not because it was bad, but just because I didn't. I, I did. I was like, this is so crazy. Like, what is this? I, putting stuff like I've never put a video on the internet before. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, it's no. So it, weird putting a video on the internet for the first time. To people just don't realize, like, you're putting yourself out. Like, people don't realize how. The, the challenge in itself isn't really making the content. It's everything after putting it out, the editing, like promoting it. It's like, it's a weird thing. And honestly, I'd say if I didn't go through the stumbling blocks of trying to put myself out there with music and failing miserably with that, yes. I don't think I would be where I'm at now with my podcast. It took me failing with that to understand like, okay, this is what That's I need to be doing. It's a great experience though. Yeah, no, it for sure. And like, Figure like I learned so much from doing that. Met so many people that ended up helping me with this. Talk to me, just like when you, when you're making it, getting the response. You're like, okay, this is good. Does that give you confidence to continue more with your comedy? Yo, yeah, absolutely. Um, but man, it's so it was so difficult to uh, just like there were like three minute videos, and I'd spend like ten hours. People editing. Don't, <laughs> that's the hardest shit. Like at honestly. least. Honestly, and then, and then if it doesn't go perfectly, you're like, fuck, <laughs> this sucks. Like, whatever. <laughs> Do you, would you ever bring that back? Because I think there's like a lane like you could have with that type of shit. No, I'm going to bring something back. Okay. See that? See, I put out five episodes and mm-hmm. then I got a job again. Mm. That's what really happened. It's not like I was like, oh, this, I'm tired of this. I See, got that's a job. What I, I was, I, that's what I was going to, I was, I knew. When I asked you to come on the pod, that was the first thing I was ready to ask you. Like, what happened to the show? I just got a job, and then I didn't realize it was so hard to, like, try and schedule things. Like, try and figure stuff out that I just kind of let it go by the wayside. And then the pandemic started ending, and the show was just kind of about the pandemic. pandemic news. Yeah, no, for sure. pandemic news. It was, yeah. like a, it was like a bit, a little bit. So I know, but... People keep coming up, you know, like, you're not the first person who's, like, come up to me and been like, where's the, what happened to the video? I'm like, damn, I didn't realize you enjoyed it, like. Yeah, look, I'm telling you, man, there's something, you could do some form of a talk show with, like, something like that. I think it would, outside of, like, pandemic stuff, but, like, just positive news for the day, because I think the world's gotten worse than it was, like, in terms of negativity. (laughs) And I think, look, the Elliot Hamilton positive news, that's a space that, look, you'd have my support for sure. Yeah, uh, man. I need, I know I need to bring something back, but I just don't know what it is yet. I might do a podcast. Uh, I've been thinking about a podcast for a long time. In fact, I've been thinking about doing a podcast where I just interview people who aren't succeeding at like what they're striving to do. Kind of like me. Like 
I mean, like, maybe we'll succeed someday, but, like, yeah, we're not there yet. You're not there yet, yeah. And I just want to talk to them about what... They're doing their grind. What the grind is and, like, mm-hmm. what the... And talk about the, all the bullshit that goes into doing what they're doing. Mm-hmm. That, and just hey, making fun of it. That's a good fucking idea. Y'all don't... Hey, y'all don't take Elliot's idea. Yeah, y'all take my idea. <laughs> but let me ask you. Uh, as we... So we've, we've gotten that... <laughs> we've gotten there. We got to the uh, we got to the sketch show. Now the pandemic's stopping, and mm-hmm. comedy shows are back open. What's your move now? Oh yeah. So I took a year off comedy, and then uh, I got back in. It took about another year to like get my confidence back because mm-hmm. I'd only been doing it a year. And then yeah, you hadn't been doing it all. Yeah, <laughs> you suck all over again. So once I got my confidence back, you know, like. Shit didn't crank up right away. I was, you know, I had to go back. I, I was working at a restaurant, but then the restaurant wasn't going that well. So I started working in an office again. Mm-hmm. And uh, I worked in accounting. Oh, God. Which is what I had done right out of college. Mm-hmm. And I got fired for that job. But then I got back into accounting. You got back and, into uh, I remember it. I'm like, oh, this sucks so bad. Just being <laughs> in a chair. Have you, you work, do you work at 9 to 5? Is it like 9 to 5? Nah, I used to, but like now, I just go in for the radio show. Like I, the, I go in from like, I wake up at 5, so from 6, I get there at like 5.30. So from 6 to 9, I do my show, and then I leave, and then I come back from like 2 to 6 and co-host and produce the other show. So like now, I don't have to work a, a 9 to 5, but I've, I have done that where you sit in a chair and a desk all day. Yeah, so working stuff. in an office is weird because you just sit in a chair all day, but it's like destroying your body. Mm-hmm. Like you mm-hmm. feel terrible. You're turning into I was a, a man. I was a secretary for a home health care service in their uh, office. It sucked. <laughs> it was fucking miserable. And that's why I was like, I got to do something else. And like, to your point, it's like, man, being in that, it's just demoralizing. <laughs> no, I was in a, sitting in a desk in uh, Harahan, Louisiana. Which is a terrible place. Mm-hmm. Never heard of it. <laughs> and I was just like doing like uh, accounting under the table for like an insurance company. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is what, what am I doing? Like, this is the yeah. worst thing ever. Like, this is miserable. Just trash. And I was, and the whole time I was doing this accounting work, it was all mindless. So I just listened to podcasts and listened to com- com- like comedians talk about it. Their ah, careers. and you're like, I need to get back into this shit. <laughs> and almost all of them were just like talked about how the best thing they ever did was move. Mm-hmm. And I just thought to myself, like, yeah, what am I doing here? Fuck it. And so you oh, I'm leaving. <laughs> so that, and then that's when you go to New York. It was just a matter of time, just like saving up money to move. Got you. And then between that, between moving and that decision, are you doing shows in between in New Orleans? Because I remember you started doing like the. The uh, sober drunk in uh, in in uh, high comedy shows. <laughs> oh yeah, I was I was doing shows the whole time. You have to you have to do mics every single week. You know you have to do multiple shows a week. I think to be like really sharp. So before you move, when do you feel like okay, I'm getting better at this, or does it not happen until after you move? Uh, no, actually, here's the thing. This is the thing about New York. When I was about to leave Louisiana, I felt really good about my comedy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is jumping ahead. But then you get to New York <laughs> and you're like, I 
am terrible. <laughs> so it's like we're starting the process all over again. It's like every new phase, you have to kind of start. Yep. No facts. Hey, hey tell me if you feel this way. What I always say, if you want to get into entertainment, whether it's comedy, music, media, whatever it is, and you don't know what the fuck you're doing, it's like you're in the, the you're outside on a road. Everything is pitch black. There's no lights. There's nothing. And you're just walking. All you can see is below you. And you have a flashlight that's kind of blinking, kind of not. You can just see below you. But I feel like as you gain experience, as you gain, like, whatever it is, followers, whatever, more roles, more whatever, whatever it is, the light gets bigger and the path starts to brighten up. Do you? I've asked everybody this. How do you feel about that? Like, you're, as your comedy's gotten better, do you feel like you're, the light on your path has gotten easier to where you can kind of see where you're going now? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, the path, when you get, the path brightens up, but then you mm -hmm. realize that the path is also terrifying. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> yeah. This is going to be an easy path, though. For no, sure. No. Look, the road less traveled by is, is often the hardest, but it's often the one that, you know, can bring you some of the best joy. So you're in New York. How, so talk to me about how now you're doing, how the show's in New York and when do you gain your confidence? Okay. Well, first I'll say when I was in New Orleans, um, one of the last book shows I did, um, I went to the, it was at this distillery in uh, Homa. Mm -hmm. And it's, I can't remember the name of the show, but it's, it's run by this guy named Isaac Gozell. And he knew I was moving. So he booked me on it. And uh, we're on the way to the show. He told me, okay, you're going to do like 10 to 15 minutes. Nice. He has like three comedians booked on the show. He said 10 to 15 minutes. We're on the way to the show. He goes, okay, you're going to do 20 minutes. Your main event, eh? No, no. <laughs> I didn't want this. <laughs> Here's the thing. It's like I had no idea if I had 20 minutes. Yeah, you know, you had your 10 to 15. but I had like 10 to 15. I'm like, okay, I got 15. <laughs> I have 10 for sure. I have 10. 15 is kind of like, I have 15. Push it. I, I don't have 20. <laughs> 20 was like, I was just looking through my phone at like notes that I made, <laughs> dumb thoughts. I'm like, oh, okay. nope, that's gonna, uh, we'll, we'll figure this out. And so we get there. And here's the thing. Like if you go to do comedy in small towns, there's like no entertainment, you know, there's no entertainment at home. Facts. Zero. There was like 200 people there. <laughs> you know what I mean? They barely have people. like, they barely have local bands performing, let alone. Yeah, they're drinking. And if yeah. they are, it's just like a Cajun band with an accordion. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they don't watch. So it's like 200 people. And I have to do 20 minutes. Jeez. How'd it go? So, <laughs> oh, so I have my little set list on my phone. I put it on the stool and I put, uh, I forgot to make it so like the phone didn't. Go black every oh, two minutes. Damn, so you had to keep... <laughs> I get about six minutes in, and really, I just want to peek. Like, people can't tell if you just kind of peek at the set list, <laughs> and then the phone's black. <laughs> so I'm like, type in my password in while <laughs> telling the joke. Either way, though, the point is, it went. It was awesome. It did really well. Fuck yeah! So I was like, oh, I got this shit made. Fuck yeah. So that's how I felt leaving Louisiana. I was mm -hmm. like, oh, this is, um, I'm going to be fantastic. I just nailed this 20 minute set when things went just horrible. I killed shit. it. I'm yeah. the king of Homa. <laughs> <laughs> if you make it in Homa, you know. You make on. it anywhere. <laughs> Some guy told me, he was like, you're going to do real well when you get out of here. I'm like, hey, you're right. That's right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he doesn't know shit. So you get to New York. 
confidence shatters, how do you build it back up? Okay, well. Damn. Yeah, so I get to New York and uh well first off I realized all my jokes were like stuff about Louisiana. Yeah, so you had to make it you get know broad. No one gives a shit. Yeah. First thing about New York is no one gives a shit where you moved from at all. Because everyone else also moved there. Yeah, they're transplants for sure. Like literally. It, you know, anyone who there's like ten real New Yorkers and they, <laughs> they hate they hate the people who moved here, but there's all you know, whatever. Who cares? You know what's funny is like New York is crazy because there's like eight million people here, mm-hmm. but there's still like local New Yorkers who are like, "You're coming in from my fucking neighborhood." It's like, bro, you heard of Ellis Island? You yeah, idiot? you're in the place. You have, whole, that, that you have a whole island for people moving here. You're the immigrant hub. <laughs> it is what it is. Coming in, I remember old New York. I'm like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> so you got to make your jokes not localized. I get you had to make your jokes more universally appealing. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't just be like, "Oh, dude, y'all heard of fucking New Iberia?" Yeah, <laughs> something stupid. So, how would you? So, you're there. Mm-hmm. You realize, okay, can't have localized comedy. You're making it broader, and then like, okay, you're doing your shows. Also, you're acting. Yes. How is that? How now? Talk to me about like the difference between being doing the acting side and the comedy side. Because I saw it, you, you had a role on uh, American Horror Story. It was um, the Bayfair okay. Witches. Oh, that that. Yep. It's the same. It's witches in New Orleans. Spooky stuff. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's 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 uh. Well, first off, acting something I I worked on since I got out of college. Like while I was working accounting before I did mm-hmm. comedy, I was working on acting. Um. So, New Orleans, it's like they shoot a lot of movies there. Yeah. Um, and then they fill all of like the minor roles with local people. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they all the janitors, all the bellhops, which is what I play in the Mayfair Witches. And then they bring all the big people from New York and LA. Yeah. So it's like I got out of college. I knew a guy who worked at an agency. And you're like, let me get in. So if you want to get on big productions, you need an agent because yeah. they're going to get you auditions. You can't really get auditions without an agent. So I knew a guy on an agency, and he knew I did some acting. Like, I did theater and ESA and shit. I didn't really have that much experience. Uh, and then I just started auditioning for things, and it's just kind of like you sort of learn on the job how to audition for stuff. And I got that role before I moved. And... uh so basically, now that I'm in New York, I'm, I don't have an agent for New York. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to find, you know, like I'm just yeah, trying to out. find those. So I don't have an agent. Um, all my experience is, is, is like small stuff, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm kind of using it as a like this period as a time to just work on being a good actor. Gotcha. So I'm taking like a. I'm taking these like Meisner courses in the city. Got you. So you have like acting technique courses, and I've just been uh, doing like twice a week classes since I moved here. And building your building your skills. Fuck yeah. Building the skills. Hell yeah. I don't have any news about acting. I don't know. (laughs) No, no, no. I just no. You did. I just wanted to know like what what, what's it what what it was like. You know, and you and you answered that. 
like, and you're building your skills right now. So do you have a favor? Do you prefer acting to comedy or do you prefer comedy to acting? Oh, comedy, 100%. Okay, hell yeah. Because so, yeah, comedy, yeah. no one can tell you what to do at all. Mm-hmm. No one can tell you anything. And that's your shit, yeah. People can give you advice and you can respect it. You know, like, I love it when people give me advice, but uh, at the end of the day, it's like, only I know what I'm going to say when I get mm-hmm. on stage. Acting, it's like, they send you a script. Yeah, and it's their vision. Is the director? You get vision. an audition, and they're yeah. like, "Okay, so um, we have this character Bob. Can you can you do it like this type situation? Yeah, you're gonna be checkout man number five, and you're gonna yell the n word. And I'm like, no, wait. <laughs> <laughs> it's shit like that. And then you just kind of like <laughs> you just like put a camera up in your room and you scream the n word <laughs> until you can. <laughs> Your neighbors are like, you're hoping neighbors fuck? aren't listening. <laughs> I'm an actor. <laughs> so, or like, it's oh, like you don't get to decide who you're gonna be. Yeah, you. It's it's their choice. And then you just have you know you have to fight this idea you have of what they want to see. Mm-hmm. So then you know you just you're like it's it's so hard. You're just trying to conform to like what some guy you don't even know wants. So you're in New York now. You're honing your acting skills, comedy. You're doing a, you're doing shows. You, you're trying to. How many shows do you say you do a week? I try to do like four or five shows a week. Nice. These are like open mics. Yeah, 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 yeah. I do. So I've gotten to know some people. I do like. I've gotten it to where I do like a booked show every other week. Nice. Fuck yeah. So I'm trying to work on getting that. That's the whole goal is just to get more book shows. More book shows. Really just to get more time on stage and get better. Yep. The 10,000 hours, man. You got to like, you got to have 10,000 hours in a craft to, to be a master. I, I believe that. Like, and as, I, as I've done more podcasts, as I've gotten better, you got to do it. Yeah. It's hard because comedy, they give you five minutes <laughs> at the open mics. You have to yeah, do like damn. Mics. So, okay. So I follow this guy who is on TikTok and he uh, basically does like, money management of like uh i can only spend this amount a week and, and it's this latino guy and basically he talks about how yeah i gotta try to do as many open mics as i can because mm-hmm. it's hard because like you said you're only getting five minutes yeah sometimes you get seven okay so you're like oh shit seven. is that why is that one of the main reasons why you want to do a podcast to maybe get some of your bits like to hone in on some of your stuff yeah uh hone in bits also m- meet people yeah Network. You know, Network. the thing about New York is you got to know people. Mm-hmm. And the thing about comedy is there's no, like, uh, studio putting on shows. There's no, like, centralized power. It's all just independent shows. Or they have clubs. The clubs yeah, put yeah. on shows. And you go work So the only clubs. way to get on shows is, like, to know producers and be friends. Like, make yeah. friends. So really, I just want to, I'm trying to just try to make friends. <laughs> make, and meet people. Yeah, for sure. I'd be like, yo, you can come on my podcast, you know. <laughs> well, fuck you hey, hey, you're absolutely really right that is how you network that big also always just wanted to do it you know like and it seems like uh seems just like it just seems like a lot of fun definitely is so let me ask you now that we, we've covered a lot of comedy stuff before we get to like my favorite part of getting the people to get to know you what type if for anybody that's like gonna see an elliot hamilton show what type of style of comedy would you say you have uh i do just observational stuff. People say I'm like. Now get. Let me be clear here. I am not comparing myself to Jerry yeah, Seinfeld. For sure, for sure. I'm not comparing myself in skill level or funniness. People You're just say saying like the, the you style. have a Jerry Seinfeldy vibe. 
because that's kind of what I do. Like Brian Regan, Jerry Seinfeld. Like I don't, I'm not really dirty. Mm-hmm. And it's really, I don't watch anything. I don't watch movies. I don't watch television. I mean, I do, but like, I don't read the news. Yeah. I don't like talk politics. I literally just talk about stuff that bothers me. Elliot and, personally, just mm-hmm. walking around. And having people relate to that. No, I get it. Yeah. Like, it's like stuff you see in the real world. Exactly. Some of, that's just, some of the best. Com- I prefer that to politics comedy. So it's just observational, honest. purely. Gotcha. You got to get a little dirty. You got to tell them about your sex no. life, Elliot. Oh, okay. So it's not clean. Okay, it's not clean. Here's what the thing. Here's the thing. This is what I enjoy. Is uh, mm-hmm. I enjoy not being dirty at all and just saying something really dark randomly. Oh, just throw something in yeah, there. Yeah, that's throw the best. Loop. <laughs> Because you could just drop it. And yeah, and they're like, wait, what? Yeah, that's more fun. <laughs> Fuck yeah, this is Elliot Hamilton, comedian on the Bros Who Think podcast. Now, I, once we do the business, I always like to get let people get to know who I'm talking to. What would you say your favorite music is, your favorite music artist? My favorite? Um, Whether it's a band, an artist, a rap, whatever it is. It's Neil Young. Neil Young? Okay, I gotta Google this now because I'm. You don't know who Neil Young is? I don't think I know who Neil Young is. Man. I see. I was. I was like, okay, that's number one. Okay. Oh wait, no, I know who Neil Young is. Okay. Yeah, you gotta know. Yeah, who yeah, Neil yeah, yeah, yeah. You've heard songs. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've heard. I, I know who Neil Young is. Okay, so that's that's the number one guy. Yes. Okay, bet. I was All gonna right. try and say something that would be cooler, but it's just Neil Young. I would be lying. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have Spotify, but if they did that top 1%, I'd be like top. Neil's number one. Okay. 0.5% Neil Young listeners. So now, okay, so favorite artist, Neil Young, favorite movie slash TV show. You can do both. I'm going to see if you're going to say a comedy or not. (laughs) Now, favorite TV show. Mm. It was probably Game of Thrones. Just randomly. Nice. But I thought the last season was so trash. So terrible. (laughs) It kind of ruined the show for me. Because the fucking writers were hacks. They're hacks, Elliot. Horrible. After they had stuff, once it had to be original ideas from them, the shit got back. And that's why they were booked to do Star Wars, because I do a movie podcast where I talk about movie news. They were booked to do Star Wars. Star Wars saw that last season of Game of Thrones and were like, yeah. Yeah, once it wasn't the crazy old guy. Mm Mm-hmm. Steaming mm-hmm. shit up. Yeah, it, it lost all its fun. It was terrible. Got, all, got it out of there. So Game of Thrones. All right, what else you got? Game of Thrones. The Simpsons. Yeah. Oh, nice, 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 nice. First nice. eight seasons. I don't watch past the first eight seasons. Gotcha. Simpsons, amazing. Um, Dude, movies, I don't even know. I think Anchorman. Nice, okay, okay. Anchorman's got to be up there. Real quick, uh, now that I'm, I'm thinking of this, have you ever thought about writing? Do you, is that something you'd want to do? Like write for shows or write comedy for other people? Of course. Gotcha. I just, look, I have a really hard time budgeting the time. Yeah. The, I'm so trying right to now, figure out what I need to be focusing on right now. Like, mm-hmm. um, I'm just working on the stand-up act uh, and then working on my acting. But Yeah, like, that's right now. I'd love right to now. do writing, but you have to sit at a desk and, like, you really gotta write or something. Yeah, yeah. You really have to do it, so I don't know. Yeah, until you get one, once you get one goal, then that's when we move. No, I get it, for sure. So, Anchorman, we got Game of Thrones. Okay. Uh-huh. Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Oh, okay. Okay. Classic. <laughs> no, that's cl- I get it. I get it. That that is a classic. So okay. So that might be my favorite movie. Mmm. Mon- okay. Because Real. it's so stupid. Hey, I fuck with it. And that's that- so stupid, 
Um, it has like a really like interesting high concept, mm-hmm. but it's and they've made it so stupid, uh, and that's what I love about it. It's okay. just like, and okay. they they put no money into it either. Zero. It was I love a, that it's got a great idea. And really jokes. funny people. Mm-hmm. No money, and it's stupid. <laughs> and it still is one of the best comedic movies to date after that's all what these I love. years. That's my favorite shit ever. Hell yeah. Well, it's do you like a great idea and just being stupid. <laughs> do you like It's Always Sunny? Because to me, I, I think it's, it's always sunny. I think It's Always Sunny might be the best comedic television show. Like, I, I, it's up there for me. To me, Seinfeld was the originator of that style, and I think Sunny took that idea that Seinfeld of, like, bad people doing bad shit to times yeah. a thousand. Up until season 10, I've seen every episode at least once. Yeah. Oh, so you, you don't like, do, have you not checked the after season 10 shit? I will say I it, it, it declined. It did a little bit. I don't like watching shows when you feel it start to decline. I just turn it off. I'm like, I'm not going hey, to find out. I get that for sure. Being a Louisiana kid, let me ask you, gumbo yeah. or boudin? Gumbo. Boudin or crawfish? Crawfish. I don't know. Boudin, is, it's all right. All right. Crawfish or, or gumbo? What's the number one Louisiana cuisine is- for Ellie <laughs> Hamilton? <laughs> I ask every Louisiana person this. Crawfish. Crawfish. Okay. Fuck yeah. Because gumbo, you make a th- big thing of it in your house, whatever, and then you you hate it after two weeks. Facts. No, he's right. right. He's fucking right. So, all right. Crawfish, you get the whole family together, special occasion. Mm-hmm. It, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's an event. Yeah. Now that you're New York, favorite New, New York cuisine, is it a pizza? Like, and give me the place where you would tell people to go. <laughs> okay. I think my favorite thing about New York is that in every... Like they have a corner store. Mm-hmm. Oh, the corner. bodegas. But yeah. the bodegas, right? Lamb over rice. You just go to any bodega. It's ten dollars. Lamb over rice. Okay. It's I the only thing you can afford to eat in New York. <laughs> I thought you were gonna come give me like pizza or nah. lamb. Of, fuck yeah, but see that makes sense because New York is like the hub of ethnic cuisine. So like, yeah, I you get go to that. a bodega, give a ten dollar bill, you get a huge pile of food. Fuck yeah! All right, I like that. Now, you go anywhere else, you get like one slice of pizza, like for, $30. Yeah, no, no, thank you. Okay, when I go to New York, I'm gonna hit you up. We'll get some lamb over rice. Now, the, <laughs> the question we ask everybody if you're the writer, director, producer to the Elliot Hamilton movie, how do you want it to end? It's <laughs> <laughs> a good question. Hey, that, that, I ask that to everybody. That's my, oh, that's my yeah. ending question. We wanna know how you want it to end. <laughs> my immediate thought was just like not dying but anyway look i've had someone say i die it goes black i was like bro that's fucking <laughs> morbid i had someone say i want to have uh like 16 bitches around me butt ass naked and it ends i've had someone say i want to sit on a porch with my kids and my dog and watch the sunset i've i've heard the gambit of answers i've heard someone say uh it doesn't end and i was like that's a cop out it was like nah i'm immortal <laughs> I was like, huh? <laughs> so I've, I've heard it all. <laughs> oh, I don't know, man. <laughs> Damn, I kind of feel like I want to be cremated and then I want to make my family do something really, really inconvenient with my ashes. <laughs> so, so the movie is you being cremated and them having to drive around and spread it places? <laughs> yeah, I have to go to the top of Mount Everest and dump them. I'm like, no, you have to. It's my final wishes. <laughs> my daughter dies on the way up. Like, <laughs> 
You owned me properly. Yeah. Now your Hamilton movie ends. I'm With just my thinking. family dying. <laughs> you I can just spread my ass to someone. Have you ever seen the Zach Galifianakis, Robert Downey Jr. movie where they're driving around, like he's trying to go meet his wife for her pregnancy and Zach has like his dad's ashes and they're yes. trying to put it everywhere? That's what I thought of. Yeah. <laughs> they can do something really dangerous. That's fucking awesome, man. Hell yeah, Elliot. I love that answer. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I truly, truly appreciate it. Tell the people they can follow you on social media. And if you have any shows coming up for because we do have an audience in New York. We do have listeners there. If if you have any uh any any shows coming up for them to where they can catch you. Okay. Well, everything I do right now, you're gonna find on Instagram. So at definitely Elliot Hamilton, just definitely Elliot Hamilton. I don't know if you put that on the screen or something. Yeah, no, no, I got you. I got you. We'll change. We'll, it's, we'll... it's pretty easy to to type to spell, but yeah, whatever. At... Uh, I don't know if anyone's on Twitter anymore, but you can follow. Me I am. <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter. Uh, I don't tweet that much, but I'm I'm trying to. I'm trying to. You got to get into it, man. You should start. You should honestly just post like the YouTube videos you have on, on Twitter. And I'd be honest, TikTok is the place to be. Like if I'm being, if I'm keeping that's it up. That's what I hear. That's what I hear. Elliot, I've gotten so things. many, po- I've gotten so many podcast followers from TikTok. It's ridiculous. Like literally I've, I've gotten to 800 followers on TikTok in less than like, and this is without me posting consistently. Cause at one point I was, and then I stopped, but now I am again. I'm, I, I got it in with a span of three months, maybe. And by the end of the summer, I'm going to be over a thousand easy. It, that's the truly the one platform where I can say you can see growth in its actual tangible. It's the growth. next frontier. I know. Yeah. That's why I'm scared. I'm scared of it. You got to tackle it, man. Yeah. Like, you got, I think the Elliot Hamilton comedy would kill on TikTok. I'm being honest. But anyway, yeah. Instagram, Twitter. Uh, next show I'm doing. If anyone is in bed next Friday. Project Parlor. Let me, let me look up what time that is. Hell yeah. Project yeah, Parlor in Bed-Stuy, the home of... of uh, a biggie. Yeah, the home of biggie. Are you going to make a biggie joke? <laughs> no. <laughs> be, be like, y'all's hero was a fat black... Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna be, no, 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 dude. Someone will try that. So one com- a comedian on the show will do that, and it's going to go terrible. <laughs> Everyone will fucking just hate him. <laughs> That's fucking funny. Always someone try. I'm the one who never tries that kind of shit. I'm just like, I'm here. I'm going to talk about what I'm going to talk about. I want to talk about it. I'm leaving. I'm going to fuck about Biggie. <laughs> I'm not going to try and joke about how fat he is or how he got <laughs> shot or whatever the fuck. I can't. Okay, wait. I'm going to find it real quick. Oh, yeah. Do you think? Project Parlor. I just want to know what time it is. It's next Friday, which is... Since this video, who knows when it's going to come out? It's the twenty sixth. It'll be out tomorrow. So May twenty sixth. So next Friday. Cool deal. <laughs> About eight o'clock. All right. Fuck yeah. Hell yeah. If you're in New York, make sure you go check it out. Bed Stuy Project Parlor of uh, around like eight o'clock next Friday. Check out my man Elliot Hamilton. Thank you so much, Elliot, for coming on the show. We'll do this again in the future. And uh, yeah, man. And I can't wait to see which what's next for you. Cool. Thanks for having me, man. Yes, sir. Once again, want to say thank you to Elliot for coming on the show. I'm truly appreciative. Love seeing people 
uh, you know, growing up doing cool shit and Elliot's doing some pretty cool shit. Make sure y'all go follow him on his socials. Also, go follow my brother Jazz on all his socials on TikTok, Cornell D. Period God on Twitter, Real Jazzy Boy, and I don't know the Instagram, but it's gonna be in the description of the pod, whether that's video or audio. You can follow Bros Who Think at Bros Who Think. Follow me at LimbWT. And until next week, y'all have a good one. Be easy and peace.